Tonight, we'll continue our Doctrine of Christ Zoom uh, discussion series and look at Jacob 5, the parable of the vineyard, as it relates to the first ministry of Joseph Smith and how the first ministry of Joseph Smith sets up for his return before the coming of Christ. The final gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house and leading them on an end time exodus, which culminates with meeting up with Enoch city and the coming of Jesus Christ in his glory. So in Jacob five, verse 49, and it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, and this servant is Joseph Smith jr. Let us go to, and hew down the trees of the vineyard and cast them into the fire that they shall not cumber the ground of my vineyard. For I have done all. What could I have done more for my vineyard? So by the time, um, that leads up to the restoration of the gospel through Joseph Smith, the, the people of America have coven, have come under covenant curse. They have not lived up to the light and knowledge that the Lord has given them. They have not lived up to their opportunity that has been provided for them in this, the Lord's covenant land. And so they qualify for destruction. And the pattern set forth in Scripture is that those who are true servants, those who are true prophets, act as intercessors for their people. And the Lord always provides the opportunity um, as he proposes that justice uh, be given to the people. He always provides the opportunity for the servants or true prophets to uh, you know, plead for mercy and act in the role as an intercessor and as a co-savior on Mount Zion for the people, just as Abraham acted in this capacity for you know, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and ultimately you know, Lot and those of his family who would leave with him were saved, just as Lehi, uh, being in Jerusalem, heard the prophet Jeremiah prophesy of the destruction of the people if they would not repent and return. And he goes, and at his altar is recorded in First Nephi chapter 1, pleads for his people that their hearts might be softened, that they might be delivered from destruction. Well, so... Is this setting given where the pre-mortal Joseph Smith acts as the intercessor for the people in North America and for the suspension of immediate judgment and for the extension of the you know, arm of mercy to them? And we're going to see the plan unfolding for the restoration of the gospel and that the servant will play uh, a prominent role in the you know arm of mercy being extended to the people of North America and ultimately to the entire world. Verse 49 again, And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Let us go down and hew down the trees of the vineyard and cast them into the fire, 
that they shall not cumber the ground of my vineyard, for have I done all? What could I have done more for my vineyard? And verse 50, but behold, the servant said unto the Lord of the vineyard, spare it a little longer. And in the servant or the premortal Joseph Smith, proposing that the Lord spares it a little longer. He is laying the foundation of the plan for the restoration of the gospel. Verse 51, And the Lord said, Yea, I will spare it a little longer, for it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. The Lord didn't actually want to destroy the inhabitants of North America. But, What was happening is that the Lord was setting up the condition of possibility, the level of opposition needed, which was uh, the fulfillment of the demands of justice that the Lord's end time servant, you know, might, you know, plead mercy. And this also sets up an important principle that, Uh, Those who are going to play uh, a prominent role, uh, you know, have to take upon themselves the role of a savior, uh, a little savior, you know, under the direction and example of, you know, the savior with a capital S. And just as the uh, people of the earth would have, you know, been destroyed and could not have been redeemed if Jesus Christ did not work out his infinite atonement. And remember in the garden, you know, he pleads for those whom the father has given him out of the world that they might be one with him and one with father. Well, um, to the extent he is able the end time servant or Joseph Smith is following that pattern. Uh, when the demands of justice are required, but the you know offering of mercy is able to satisfy uh, some of the demands of justice. Verse 52. Wherefore, let us take of the branches of these which I have planted in the nethermost parts of my vineyard, and let us graft them into the tree from whence they came, and let us pluck from the tree those branches whose fruit is, whose fruit is most bitter, and graft in the natural branches of the tree in the stead thereof. And again, um, as throughout Scripture, when we have the motif of trees bringing forth fruit, The fruit are those who enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost and thereby become sons and daughters of Christ. That Christ is then, or the Lord of the vineyard, is able to lay up fruit unto himself. Or, as he pled in the garden and also with the Nephites, you know, Father. You know, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world, that they might be one with us. While the Lord laying up the fruit of the vineyard uh, are those who have entered into covenant with him, uh, becoming one with him, 
because they enter into the new covenant and he is then able to extend his name to them and adopt him them as his sons and daughters and also his hand and lift them up to where he is. And as a cross reference, if we go to third Nephi chapter 18, third Nephi 19, and this is the account of the 12 disciples, including Nephi, who Christ has called, receiving the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Christ separates himself after he comes to them. And he says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast given the Holy Ghost unto these whom I have chosen. And it is because of their belief in me that I have chosen them out of the world. Father, I pray thee that thou wilt give the Holy Ghost unto all them that shall believe in their words. Father, thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me. And thou seest that they believe in me because thou hearest them. And they pray unto me. And they pray unto me because I am with them. And now, Father, I pray unto thee for them and also all those who shall believe on their words that they may believe in me that i may be in them as thou father art in me that we may be one and again in 27 and christ turned from them again and went a little way off, and bowed himself to the earth, and prayed again unto the Father, saying, Father, I thank thee that thou hast purified those whom I have chosen because of their faith. And I pray for them, and also for them who shall believe on their words, that they may be purified in me through faith on their words, even as they are purified in me. Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith, that they may be purified in me, that I may be in them as thou father art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them. So literally this is, you know, those who enter into the new and everlasting covenant, a broken heart and contrite spirit, with Father, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, becoming Christ's sons and his daughters, and then enduring to the end or continuing upon the path until they reach that tree, which bears the fruit of eternal life, who is Christ himself. Going back to Jacob chapter 5, verse 52. Wherefore? Let us take of the branches of these which I have planted in the netherpost parts of my vineyard, and let us graft them into the tree from whence they came. Now, the tree from whence they came is the, the natural tree or the house of Israel. And as Israel went into apostasy, the Lord uh, led many groups out um, so that they would not be destroyed, so that um, they might be preserved, so that the bloodlines might be preserved, um, you know, in the four corners of the earth. And 
you know, this is again the plan for the beginning of the gathering of Israel that will begin to happen under Joseph Smith in his first ministry. And if we cross-reference that to DNC 101, verse 44, a certain nobleman, the Lord of the vineyard, had a spot of land, North America, very choice. And he said unto his servants, Joseph Smith in the first labors in the last kingdom, go ye unto my vineyard upon this very choice piece of land and plant 12 olive trees. So this is the beginning in Joseph Smith's first ministry of the gathering of Israel, the 12 olive trees representing the house of Israel. And what we're reading in verse 52 of Jacob 5 is the plan for the uh, beginning of the gathering of Israel. Verse 53, And this will I do that the tree may not perish that perhaps I may preserve unto myself the roots thereof for mine own purpose. Again, we have the continuation of the plan for the restoration. And, you know, the, the roots are literally, you know, the house of Israel who have gone into the spirit world. Um, and the, the good roots are those who uh, were either faithful or prodigal sons and repented and returned and, you know, are awaiting to return and to prove themselves true and faithful um, in mortality and to enter into the new covenant and during a time when the heavens are opened, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 54, and behold, the roots of the natural branches of the tree, which I planted whithersoever I would, are yet alive. So again, you know, these different groups of the house of Israel that the Lord led away um, because of the apostasy of Israel. Um, You know, these individuals have lived lives and have now, uh, are now being prepared to return and continue the path of ascension. And behold, the roots of the natural branch of the tree, which I planted whithersoever I would are yet alive. Wherefore that I may preserve them also for mine own purpose. I will take of the branches of this tree and I will graft them in unto them. And I will graft in unto them the branches of their mother tree, that I may preserve the roots also unto mine own self. And when they shall be sufficiently strong, perhaps they may bring forth good fruit unto me. Or that as the house of Israel returns and is gathered um, for the preparatory gathering, that there might be many who will enter into the new covenant. And you know, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you know, continue the path of ascension that when they will again return, you know, they might continue the path of ascension and qualify to enter into that end time exodus and further qualify to enter into New Jerusalem. That when they shall be sufficiently strong. Perhaps they may bring forth good fruit unto me. So even though um, 
children of Israel under Moses and under prior dispensations uh, were not ready to fully enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and become sons and daughters of Christ. Yet they were on the path of ascension. And as the Lord of the vineyard and the servants would nourish them, or as they would come into mortalities and receive the experiences that they needed, um, they would receive line upon line, um, they would arise, you know, one step at a time until the point where they were willing to fully enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And at the end of verse 54, and I may yet have glory in the fruit of my vineyard. Verse 55, and it came to pass that they took from the natural tree, which had become wild, and grafted in unto the natural trees, which also had become wild. Now we have the beginning of Joseph Smith's first mission. Verse 56, And they also took the natural trees, which had become wild, and grafted into the mother tree. So here we have not just the plan for Joseph Smith's first ministry, but it's actually going into execution. And we have, you know, as is talked about in DNC 101, um, the beginning of the planting of the 12 olive trees or the beginning of the gathering in of Israel, uh, to the fullness of the gospel. Verse 57. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto the servant, Joseph Smith Jr., pluck not the wild branches from the trees, save it be those which are most bitter, and in them ye shall graft according to that which I have said. Now, you know, again, this pertains to Joseph Smith's first mission. And... We also have the concept that the, the tares are being allowed to grow up with the wheat. And uh, during Joseph Smith's first ministry, there isn't going to be uh, major and severe pruning, um, you know, but only light pruning um, of the most bitter branches or those branches which are bringing forth the most bitter fruit. And, you know, literally, uh, as we have discussed previously, when there is to be a separation of wheat and tares, the Lord will command that celestial doctrine is declared, just like it was by Alma and Amulek to the people in the city of Ammonihah, that the wheat might ascend and be strengthened and that the tares might be hardened. Well, Joseph Smith did the very same thing. Uh, especially at the end of his life. He administered the temple endowment to both wheat and tares. He taught the King Follett Discourse and the Sermon at the Grove to both wheat and tares that the wheat might be strengthened and ascend and that the tares or those who brought forth the most bitter fruit uh, might be hardened and might be separated and the separation uh, 
of the wheat and the tares during Joseph Smith's first ministry was that the, the tares descended to the level of who they really were. And they demonstrated by their works that they were fit for nothing but to be cast off into the lake of fire and brimstone. Verse 58, and we will nourish again the trees of the vineyard, and we will trim up the branches thereof, and we will pluck from the trees those branches which are ripened that must perish, and cast them into the fire. So, you know, again, um, simply allowing those who desired evil to accomplish those works that those who would die at their hands, including Joseph Smith and Hiram, that their blood might cry from the dust as a witness against them. And this included many of the leadership and many of the 12 uh, during Joseph Smith's first ministry. Verse 59, and this I do that perhaps the roots thereof may take strength because of their goodness and because of the change of the branches that the good may overcome the evil. So again, the the good branches are receiving uh, a sufficient level of opposition from the bad branches um, that they might ascend and be prepared that when they shall return, they are ready to uh, bring forth good fruit. Verse 60, And because that I have preserved the natural branches and the roots thereof, and that I have grafted in the natural branches again into the mother tree, and have preserved the roots of their mother tree, that perhaps the trees of my vineyard may bring forth again good fruit that I may have joy again in the fruit of my vineyard, that perhaps that I may rejoice exceedingly that I have preserved the roots and the branches of the first fruit. So here we have direct reference to the results of the restoration and Joseph Smith's first ministry, that we had a whole group of uh, the house of Israel who received the experiences that they needed, that they might be sufficiently strengthened, that they might ascend to the level that when they would return before Christ's coming in his glory, that they might become his sons and his daughters, that they might continue in the path of ascension and ascend to the church of the firstborn and qualify to enter into New Jerusalem. Verse 61. Wherefore, go to and call servants, that we may labor diligently with our might in the vineyard, that we may prepare the way that I may bring forth again the natural fruit, which natural fruit is good and the most precious above all other fruit. So here we have the plan 
the layout, the blueprint for the redemption of Zion and Joseph Smith's second ministry. And not only Joseph Smith's second ministry, but the second ministry of all those that the Lord called the strength of my house. Um, and who in DNC 88 are called the first labors in the last kingdom. And let's cross-reference DNC 101. So in their first ministry is referred to in verse 44. And a certain nobleman had a spot of land, very choice. And he said unto his servants. So, so these are the same servants. Uh, if they are true and faithful, whether uh, remaining true and faithful or our prodigal sons who repent and return and eventually are able to shoulder the responsibility that the Lord has for them uh, to return a second time. And this second return is in DNC 10155. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith Jr., Go and gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of my house, which are my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle aged also among all my servants who are the strength of mine house, save only those whom I have appointed to tarry. And get ye straightway into the land of my vineyard and redeem my vineyard for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway unto the land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So back in verse 61. Wherefore go to and call my servants. So the Lord is speaking to his servant, Joseph Smith Jr., in precisely the same way he does in DNC 101. Uh, verse 55. Wherefore go to and call servants that we may labor diligently with our might in the vineyard, that we might prepare a way that I may bring forth again the natural fruit or that the strength of my house may be gathered together one last time that they might become the missionary force, which will take the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the four quarters of the earth and begin that work, which is called the marvelous work and a wonder by uh, Isaiah and quoted in book of Mormon, um, you know, chapters um, as this gathering forth of natural fruit and the end of verse 61, which natural fruit is good and most precious above all other fruit. Verse 62, wherefore let us go and labor with our might this last time for behold, the end draweth nigh. And this is for the last time that I shall prune my vineyard. So, you know, again, we have the plan for the redemption of Zion. And that even though um, if we cross-reference in DNC 124, even though during the servants, the servant and the servant's first ministries, 
uh, we as Latter-day Saints rejected the fullness and thereby came under covenant curse. Um, verse 32, and this is talking about when we would finally reject the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit in Nauvoo. And behold, at the end of this appointment, your baptisms for your dead shall not be acceptable unto me. And if you do not these things at the end of the appointment, ye shall be rejected as a church with your dead, saith the Lord your God. You know, but the Lord did not cast us off forever. He provided the plan for the rescue and the redemption of Zion and all those who would repent and return. Verse 62, wherefore, in Jacob 5, let us go to and labor with our might this last time. For behold, the end draweth nigh, and this is for the last time that I shall prune my vineyard. So, you know, all of the prophecies that we had during Joseph Smith's first ministry, that the church and the gospel would never again go into apostasy. That did not refer to his first ministry, but his second. For it's clearly outlined in DNC 124 that the saints uh, would and did stand rejected as a church with our dead. Um, but even in that rejected condition, the Lord still called uh, the church and the saints my house. And he still called his people into the church to have, to have access to the scripture of the restoration and the Aaronic priesthood and a valid sacrament and baptism by water into the preparatory gospel, all of which availeth men and women much and prepare them to receive the fullness of the gospel when Joseph and the end time servants would return. Verse 63, graft in the branches, begin at the last, that they may be first, and the first that they may be last, and dig about the trees, both old and young, the first and the last, and the last and the first, that all may be nourished once again for the last time. So, you know, again, we have, you know, the plan and the commandment for the redemption of Zion and the gathering out of Israel. You know, first among the Gentiles or tribe of Ephraim, um, then going to Manasseh or the Lamanites on the end time Exodus, and then gathering in the Jews and all of the tribes of Israel so that the first might be last and the last might be first. Um, even, you know, upon this land, you know, the Lord led out the tribe of you know, Manasseh and also Judah through, you know, the Mulekites. And, you know, they, you know, received the fullness of the gospel as they were led out on an exodus, you know, but, you know, have lost it, are in a state of full apostasy. So the gospel is restored to Ephraim, who then will take it to the Jews and to Manasseh and the rest of the house of Israel. Verse 64, wherefore dig about them and prune them and dung them once more for the last time. For the end draweth nigh, and if it so be that these last grafts shall show and bring forth the natural fruit, then shall ye prepare the way for them that 
they might grow. So, you know, here the Lord makes it conditional. And what is required is that, you know, those who have returned in the last days for the last time will humble themselves and enter into the new covenant. And if they will not, they will not be saved. And so if we cross-reference again to DNC 101, verse 63, again, this has to do with Joseph Smith's uh, second mission. And after he's gathered out the strength of the Lord's house and begins to lead them on the end time exodus. And again, verily I send to you, I will show unto you wisdom in me concerning all the churches or all of those among the restoration branches who have ears to hear and hearts to understand, who enter into the new covenant and are willing to receive the terms of that covenant by revelation. And this is the taking the Holy Spirit as our guide so that we find the truth and are not deceived. This is what it means, you know, concerning all the churches, inasmuch as they are willing to be guided in a bright and proper way for their salvation. This is the taking the Holy Spirit as their guide. And so if we cross-reference with DNC 45, verse 56, and at that day when I shall come in my glory. Now, at that day doesn't literally mean the exact moment that Christ comes in his glory. But this is the day of judgment, which begins with um, the cleansing that begins in the Lord's own house. The, the great day of destruction that leads up to his coming in his glory. At that day, when I shall come in my glory, shall the parable be fulfilled, which I spake concerning the ten virgins. For they that are wise and have received the truth and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide and have not been deceived, verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire, but shall abide the day. And turning the page back in the NC 45. Verse 25. But they shall be gathered again, but they shall remain until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And in that day shall be heard of wars and rumors of wars, and the whole earth shall be in commotion, and men's hearts shall fail them, and they shall say that Christ delayeth his coming until the end of the earth, and the love of men shall wax cold, and iniquity shall abound. Now all of this is happening in what is referred to uh, throughout Isaiah and throughout Scripture as the day of the Lord, or the day when I shall come in my glory. Again, not the exact moment that he comes, but, you know, the day of tribulation that uh, culminates with Christ coming in his glory. And when the times of the Gentiles, verse 28 in DNC 45, is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. So again, this is talking about the restoration of the gospel during Joseph Smith's second ministry, the restoration of the terrestrial church of Christ. Again, the knowledge of the new covenant, whereby men and women might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost going forward. And this is the same uh, period of time that we're reading about in Jacob chapter 5. Verse 20 of mine, 
but they receive it not, for they perceive not the light. And they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of man. And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So, the majority of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Restoration branches do not ultimately soften their hearts, but ultimately harden their hearts, and they don't make it. And, you know, when we read in 2 Nephi 28, verse 14, they wear stiff necks and high heads. Again, Nephi's talking about the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in our day. And because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray, save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Verse 29 in verse 45. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light, and they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge. Now, this is what is meant by the cleansing will begin in the Lord's own house. For a desolating sickness shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked, men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations. Yet men will harden their hearts against me and they will take up the sword one against another and they will kill one another. And now when I, the Lord, had spoken these words unto my disciples, they were troubled. And I said unto them, be not troubled. For when these things shall come to pass ye may know that the promises which have been made unto you shall be fulfilled. And when the light shall begin to break forth, and this is the return of Joseph Smith, and the opening again of the heavens is this light breaking forth, or when he is again ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, because that is what commences a new dispensation, and that is what commences the dispensation of the fullness of times. And when the light shall begin to break forth, it shall be with them like unto a parable which I show unto you. Ye look and behold the fig trees, and ye see them with your eyes. And ye say, when they begin to shoot forth, their leaves are yet tender, but the summer is now at hand. Even so it shall be in the day when they shall see all these things. Then shall they know that the hour is nigh. And it shall come to pass that, that he that feareth me shall be looking forth for the great day of the Lord to come, even for the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. And they shall see the signs and wonders, for they shall be shown forth in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. And they shall behold blood and fire and vapors of smoke. And before the day of the Lord shall come, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall be turned into blood, and the stars fall from heaven. And the remnant shall be gathered in unto this place. All right, again, 
we have the separation of the wheat and the tares and the leading out on an end time exodus as is talked about in DNC 103 and the preaching of the fullness of the gospel by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, first to Lamanites and then to all the house of Israel, including the Jews. And verse 44, and then shall, and then they shall look for me and behold, I will come and they shall see me in the clouds of heaven, clothed with power and great glory and all the holy angels. And he that watches not for me shall be cut off. But before the arm of the Lord shall fall, an angel shall sound his trump and the saints that have slept shall come forth to meet me in the cloud. Okay, the requirements for this coming forth to meet Christ in the cloud are given in DNC 76. And it is for men to ascend to the uh, level and office of king and priest under the most high God, having the patriarchal or the Melchizedek priesthood seal upon them, thus becoming God's little G, even the sons of God, big G. And for women, the corresponding ascension level is to have the matriarchal order sealed upon them and thereby become becoming queens and priestesses. In fact, if we go to DNC 76, verse 55, they are they into whose hands the Father hath given all things. They are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and his glory. And are priests of the Most High after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten Son. So they have had the patriarchal order or second order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon them which Joseph Smith doesn't have sealed upon him until shortly before he comes on the scene, which means that he has been ordained to this order of the priesthood and he is finishing his preparations that this priesthood might be sealed upon him, that when he comes on the scene, he will have the power to command the elements to bind and seal on earth and in heaven. This is what it means in verse 67. These are they who have come to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of Enoch and of the firstborn. These are they whose names are written in heaven where God and Christ are the judge of all. And in verse 63, these are they who shall bring whom he shall bring with him when he shall come in the clouds of heaven to reign on earth over his people. These are they who shall have part in the first resurrection. These are they who shall come forth in the resurrection of the just. These are they who shall come unto Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all. These are they who have come to an innumerable, innumerable company of angels to the general assembly of the church of Enoch and of the firstborn. And so now, going back to Jacob 5, verse 65. And as they begin to grow, ye shall clear away the branches which bring forth bitter fruit, according to the strength of the good and the size thereof. And ye shall not clear away the bad thereof all at once, lest the roots thereof should be too strong for the graft, and the graft thereof shall perish, and I lose the trees of my vineyard. So, um, as the wheat 
is separated from the tares during Joseph Smith's second ministry. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens gradually um, because there are many among the Latter-day Saints and the people of the Restoration who are not yet awake and aware, who have not yet arisen, who have not yet entered into the new covenant, but by and by they will. And so the Lord doesn't want to cut short the opportunity of anyone who eventually will choose to become his son or his daughter, but give them every chance and every opportunity. And unfortunately, the longer people wait, the more opposition and persecution they will have to enter into and experience uh, to soften their hearts and become his sons and his daughters. But if that is what a man or woman requires, thank goodness that they can receive exactly the experiences that they require to come unto him, to bear fruit, and to be able to be gathered up by Christ unto himself. Verse 66, for it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. Wherefore, ye shall clear away the bad according as the good shall grow, that the root and the top may be equal in strength until the good shall overcome the bad and the bad be hewn down and cast into the fire, that they may cumber not the ground of my vineyard. And thus will I sweep away the bad out of my vineyard. So, Cross-reference, DNC 101, verses 64 through 66. That the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places. That the time of harvest is come, oh, for the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together my people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life and to be crowned with celestial glory when I shall come in the kingdom of my Father to reward every man according as his work shall be, while the tares shall be bound in bundles and their bands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. So, um, you know, going back to verse 64 in Jacob 5, you know, wherefore, dig about them and prune them and dung them once more for the last time, for the end draweth nigh, and if it be so that these last grafts shall show, shall grow and shall bring forth natural fruit, then shall ye prepare the way for them that they may grow. So, you know, again, the plan for the redemption of Zion, you know, the doctrine of eternal lives coming into play, you know, preparing those who will yet bring forth fruit in the last harvest or during Joseph Smith's ministry to take place. Verse 65, and as they begin to grow, so this is their coming forth again for the very last time before Christ's second coming. Ye shall clear away with the branches which bring forth bitter fruit, according to the strength of the good and the size thereof, and ye shall not clear away the bad thereof all at once, 
lest the roots thereof should be too strong for the graft and the graft thereof shall perish and I lose the trees of my vineyard. So again, the plan for the redemption of Zion, the gradual elimination of the tares, the good roots will come back as branches which shall bear good fruit or become sons and daughters of Christ. The Lord will use the rejected church with their dead to further his work, and he will keep the evil in check. And verse 66, For it grieveth me that I should lose the trees of my vineyard. Wherefore, ye shall clear away the bad according, as the good shall grow that the root and the top may be equal in strength until the good shall overcome the bad and the bad be hewn down and cast into the fire, that they cumber not the ground of my vineyard. And thus will I sweep away the bad out of my vineyard. So again, the plan for the redemption of Zion and the separation of the wheat and the tares, the gathering of the wheat into the garners of eternal life, or into the end time exodus that they may be further prepared to enter into new Jerusalem and those who will not the destruction of the tares. Verse 67. And the branches of the natural tree or the house of Israel will I graft in again into the natural tree or the gathering out of Israel from the four corners of the earth as will commence during the end time exodus. So the plan for the redemption of Zion includes the gathering of Israel. And verse 68, and the branches of the natural tree will I graft into the natural branches of the tree. And thus will I bring them together again, that they shall bring forth the natural fruit and they shall be one. Or, you know, the beginning and the accomplishment of the marvelous work and a wonder, the gathering out the house of Israel from the four corners of the earth. Verse 69. And the bad shall be cast away, yea, even out of all the land of my vineyard. For behold, only this once will I prune my vineyard. So, we have the plan for the destruction of the tares and the preparation of the vineyard for those branches who will yet bring forth good fruit. Verse 70. And now we have a transition point. Um, so now we move from the planning and the direction stage you know, by the Lord of the vineyard or by Jesus Christ to his servant, Joseph Smith, to the return of Joseph Smith and the end time servants with him, as is, you know, referenced in verse 55 of DNC 101 in the parable of redemption of Zion. So, you know, in verse 70, we're going to read of the awaking and arising of Joseph Smith Jr. in his second ministry, the opening of the heavens, the beginning of a new dispensation, and the gathering together of the residue of the servants talked about in DNC 101.55. 
And that all happens in verse 70. And it came to pass that the Lord of the vineyard sent his servant. And as he is called in DNC 103, Joseph Smith Jr. And the servant went and did as the Lord had commanded him and brought other servants and they were few. So again, DNC 101. 55. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Go and gather together the residue of my servants, and take all the strength of my house, which are my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle aged. Going back to Jacob 5, verse 70. And here Joseph Smith is accomplishing the task. And his servant. And the servant went and did as the Lord had commanded him and brought other servants, and they were few. And verse 71, And the Lord of the vineyard said unto them, Go to and labor in my vineyard with your might. For behold, this is the last time that I shall nourish my vineyard. For the end is nigh at hand, and the season speedily cometh. And if ye labor with your might, with me ye shall have joy in the fruit which I shall lay up unto myself against the time which will soon come. So we have the servant and the servants commencing the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house. Or in other words, in DNC 101.55, go and gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of my house, which are my warriors, my young men, they that are of middle aged also among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, save those only whom I have appointed to tarry. Back in Jacob 5, verse 72. And it came to pass that the servants did go and labor with their mites. And the Lord of the vineyard labored also with them, and they did obey the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard in all things. So we know that these servants have taken the Holy Spirit as their guide. They have found the truth. They have not been deceived. And, you know, this is also referred to in DNC 103, which is the commentary on the parable of redemption of Zion. In DNC 103, Verse five, but verily, you know, speaking unto these servants, but verily I say unto you that I have decreed a decree, which my people shall realize inasmuch as they hearken from this very hour unto the counsel, which I, the Lord God, shall give unto them. Behold, they shall, for I have decreed it, begin to prevail against mine enemies from this very hour. And by hearkening to observe all the words which I, the Lord their God, shall speak unto them, they shall never cease to prevail until the kingdoms of the world are subdued under my feet, and the earth is given unto the saints to possess it forever and ever. So, again, in verse 72 of Jacob 5, And it came to pass that the servants did go and labor with their might, and the Lord of the vineyard labored also with them. Okay, going back to DNC 103, verse 20. But I say unto you, mine angel shall go up before you and also my presence. 
and in time ye shall possess the goodly land. You know, having reference to the end time exodus and drawing the contrast that in the Moses exodus that the children of Israel did not qualify for the presence of the Lord. But in this end time exodus, um, the people will not only qualify for angels, as did the children of Israel, but that they will also qualify for the presence of the Lord. Going back in Jacob 5, you know, halfway through verse 72, and the Lord of the vineyard labored also with them. And they did obey the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard in all things. In all things. Again, DNC 103, verse 5. But verily I say unto you that I have decreed a decree which my people shall realize inasmuch as they hearken from this very hour unto the counsel which I, the Lord, their God, shall give unto them. Jacob 5, end of 72. And they did obey the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard in all things. And verse 73. And there began to be the natural fruit again in the vineyard. And the natural branches began to grow and thrive exceedingly. And the wild branches began to be plucked off and to be cast away. And they did keep the root and the top thereof equal according to the strength thereof. So here we have the separation of the wheat and the tares, the wise from the foolish. Um, Not all at once, but by and by. And verse 74, and thus they labored with all diligence, according to the commandments of the Lord of the vineyard, even until the bad had been cast away out of the vineyard. So now we have the final separation of wheat and tares, and now the end time exodus can begin. And the Lord had preserved unto himself that the trees had become again the natural fruit. And they became like unto one body. So we have the gathering out of Israel and we have the establishment of New Jerusalem. And the fruits were equal. And the Lord of the vineyard had preserved unto himself the natural fruit, which was most precious unto him from the beginning. Verse 75. And it came to pass that when the Lord of the vineyard saw that his fruit was good, that this vineyard was no more corrupt. He called up his servants and said unto them, Behold, for this last time have we nourished my vineyard, and thou beholdest that I have done according to my will, and I have preserved the natural fruit, that it is good, even like as it was in the beginning. And blessed art thou, for because ye have been diligent in laboring with me in my vineyard and have kept my commandments." And have brought unto me again the natural fruit. That my vineyard is no more corrupted. And the bad is cast away. Behold, ye shall have joy with me because of the fruit of my vineyard. And so, New Jerusalem has been established. And uh, Christ is about to come in his glory. And millennial peace begin. Verse 76, for behold, for a long time will I lay up the fruit of my vineyard unto mine own self against the season. 
now we have the millennial rest has begun. And we have both those inside New Jerusalem uh, where the church of the firstborn ministers and we have those outside the New Jerusalem where the church of Christ officiates and works with the people to help them ascend up to the level of elect. Now, the level of elect is the level of bringing forth good fruit. And that's why the Lord is able to, through the millennium, uh, lay up unto himself good fruit for a long season. Because during the entire thousand-year period, the Church of Christ is going to be ministering and working with the inhabitants and helping them arise to this level that they might uh, qualify for one of the 144,000 to work with them and help them ascend the next level or Church of the Firstborn level. Verse 76. For behold, for a long time will I lay up the fruit of my vineyard unto mine own self against the season which speedily cometh. Now, that season which speedily cometh is the end of the millennial period when Satan is loosed and we have the battle of Gog and Magog as he gathers again his forces. And for the last time have I nourished my vineyard and pruned it and dung about it and dug about it and dunged it. Wherefore, I will lay up unto mine own self of the fruit for a long time according to that which I have spoken. So, in verse 77, And when the time cometh that evil fruit shall again come into my vineyard. Okay, talking about the end of the millennium. And, you know, Satan gathering again his forces, both from those outside the New Jerusalem and a few from inside the New Jerusalem and also among those spirits who have been born to uh, celestial beings. Then will I cause the good and the bad to be gathered and the good will I preserve unto myself and the bad will I cast away into its own place. And then cometh the season and the end and my vineyard will I cause to be burned with fire or in other words, at the end of the millennium, there will be some who have ascended to the top level of translated terrestrial who will be ready to make the next ascension level to translated celestial. And then um, Christ and the father will come in celestial glory. And again, the earth will be burned with fire and will become as a sea of glass. And there will be some who dwell upon it that will be ready to make that transition. Um, you know, again, after the battle of Gog and Magog. Now, let's look at some of Jacob's commentary on um, this allegory of the you know, ancient prophet Zenos which has been, which book has been taken from our Old Testament, most likely by the Deuteronomists or the Pharisees of uh, the prophet Jeremiah and Lehi's day. Uh, but will be restored again to our canonical record when Joseph Smith brings forth his translation of the brass plates.
So Jacob chapter six, verse one. And now behold, my brethren, as I said unto you that I would prophesy, behold, this is my prophecy that all the things which this prophet Zenos spake concerning the house of Israel, in which he likened them unto a tame olive tree, must surely come to pass. And the day that he shall set his hand again the second time to recover his people. So uh, this actually has different layers of meaning for setting his hand a second time. Um, refers both to the ancient um, setting his hand to recover his people and then, you know, again in the latter days. But, you know, we can drill in even more that here we also have a prophecy that Joseph Smith would begin the work of the gathering of Israel. but that that work would be cut short and that he would come back to begin again the work of the gathering of Israel. The things which this prophet Zenos spake concerning the house of Israel, in which he likened them unto a tame olive tree, and that the day that he shall set his hand again the second time, the Lord, to recover his people a second time, you know, both anciently and modern and the first and the second time among the Latter-day Saints. Even the last time. So we know that uh, that interpretation is valid because he specifies even the last time. And, you know, this is a direct commentary on the verses of Jacob 5, that we have just been reading. That the servants of the Lord shall go forth in power. Not talking about their first ministry, but their second. To nourish and prune his vineyard, and after the end soon cometh. And after that, the end soon cometh. And how blessed are they who have labored diligently in his vineyard. And how cursed are they who shall be cast out into their own place. And the world shall be burned with fire. And how merciful is our God unto us. For he remembereth the house of Israel, both the roots and branches. And he stretches forth his hand unto them all the day long. And they are a stiff-necked and a gainsaying people. But as many as will not harden their hearts shall be saved in the kingdom of God. And let's cross-reference verse 4 with 2 Nephi 28. Talking specifically about the Latter-day Saints in verse 32. And woe be unto the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day. Uh, Isaiah imagery of his end-time servant, Joseph Smith, Jr., they will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them. And so this again is talking about that the end time servant will have a first ministry and a second ministry. That the saints will reject the fullness of the gospel during his first ministry, 
but that during his second ministry, there will be a few who will accept the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ through his end-time servant, Joseph Smith, Jr. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord, if they will repent and come unto me. Okay. Book of Mormon prophets define exactly what it means for the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to repent and come unto Christ or to repent and return. And that is to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, thus becoming his sons and his daughters. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long. The arm being the end time servant, Joseph Smith Jr. in his second ministry. Saith the Lord God of hosts. So back in Jacob chapter 6. And the day that he shall, verse 2, set his hand again a second time. Okay, so that's Joseph Smith in his second ministry. To recover his people is the day, yea, even the last time. It didn't happen during Joseph Smith's first ministry. That the servants of the Lord shall go in his power to nourish and prune his vineyard, and after that the end soon cometh. And how blessed are they who have labored diligently in his vineyard. And how cursed are they who shall be cast out into their own place. And the world shall be burned with fire. And how merciful is our God unto us. For he remembereth the house of Israel, both roots and branches. And he stretches forth his hand unto them all the day long. And they are a stiff-necked and gainsaying people. But as many as will not harden their hearts shall be saved in the kingdom of God. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I beseech of you in words of soberness that you would repent and come with full purpose of heart. Well, repenting and coming with full purpose of heart is what Christ talks about in 3 Nephi chapter 9. Verse 17, and as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. And verse 20, and ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Now going back to Jacob chapter 6. Verse 6, yea, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, for why will ye die? For behold, after ye have been nourished by the good word of God all the day long, this has two meanings. One, the fullness of the doctrine of Christ is contained in the scriptures of the restoration. And we should be reading them and studying them and feasting upon them and being nourished by them. And also, when Joseph and the end time servants are preaching the doctrine of Christ by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, Uh, God's people are being nourished by the good word of God all day long. That will ye bring forth evil fruit or will ye harden your hearts and not enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and again reject your God just as you did in the first instance in DNC 84. 
1832, the Lord says, verse 54, And your minds in times past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you've treated lightly the things that you have received, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant in the book of Mormon. And the former commandments, which I have given them not only to say, but to do according to that, which I have written that they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom or enter into the new covenant and receive the baptism of fire, baptism, Holy ghost. Otherwise there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion for shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land. Verily I to you nay. So back in Jacob six. Again in verse 6, Yea, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For why will ye die? Why not offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit and live as a son or daughter of Christ? For behold, after ye have been nourished by the good word of God, all the day long, will ye bring forth evil fruit? Will ye harden yourself against the new covenant when he extends his arm to you and desires that you become his sons and daughters, will you reject your God by hardening your hearts? That ye must be hewn down and cast into the fire or separated from the wheat that your bands may be made strong, that ye may be consumed with fire. DNC 101. Behold, will ye reject these words? We reject the words of the prophets. And will you reject all the words which have been spoken concerning Christ after so many have spoken concerning him and deny the good word of Christ and the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Does this not sound like Second Nephi 28, which is calling out the Latter-day Saints? We have the exact same wording in Second Nephi 28, verse 24. Therefore, woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth all is well. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto them that saith we have received and need no more. Verse 29, woe be unto him that shall say we have received the word of God and we need no more the word of God for we have enough. So back in Jacob 6, verse 8, Behold, will ye reject these words? Will ye reject the words of the prophets? Will ye reject all the words which have been spoken concerning Christ, after so many have spoken concerning him, and deny the good word of Christ and the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost? We just read that in 2 Nephi 28. And quench the Holy Spirit and make a mock of the great plan of redemption, which hath been laid for you, which means to reject the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And instead of receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost, um, being bound in the bands of the tares for the burning. Verse nine, know ye not that if you will do these things, that the power of the redemption and the resurrection, which is in Christ, will bring you to stand with shame and awful guilt before the bar of God. 
and according to the power of justice, for justice cannot be denied, ye must go away into the lake of fire and brimstone, whose flames are unquenchable, and whose smoke ascendeth up forever and ever, which lake of fire and brimstone is endless torment. O then, my beloved brethren, repent ye, and enter in the straight gate, and continue in the way which is narrow until ye shall obtain eternal life. This is the doctrine of Christ. So if we cross-reference with 2 Nephi 31, verse 17, Wherefore do the things which I have told you, that I have seen your Lord and your Redeemer should do for you? For this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye may know the gate by which ye should enter, For the gate by which you should enter is repentance and baptism by water. And then cometh the remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. And then are ye in the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. And ye have entered in by the gate. Baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son. And ye have received the Holy Ghost which witnesses of the Father and the Son unto the fulfilling of the promises which he hath made, that if he entered in by the way ye should receive. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into the straight and narrow path, I would ask, is all done? Behold, I say unto you, nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty save. Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Or in other words, in verse 6 of chapter 32, behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall ye observe to do. Or, in other words, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, as ye feast upon the words of Christ, you will be instructed in all things that ye should do to part the veil, ascend to the high mountain, and come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. Now, back in Jacob 6, verse 11 again. And then, my beloved brethren, repent ye, and enter into the straight gate and continue in the way which is narrow until ye shall obtain eternal life. That's exactly what we just read in Second Nephi 28, in Second Nephi 31 and 32. Oh, be wise. What can I say more? Finally, I bid you farewell until I shall meet you before the pleasing bar of God which bar striketh the wicked with awful dread and fear. Amen. And to Jacob's words and to Zenos's words, I add my testimony and my witness that Christ extends his hand to us, that Joseph Smith and the end time servants are indeed back that Joseph Smith is being kept as a polished shaft in the quiver of the Lord, that he is uh, finishing the translation of ancient scripture and finishing his preparation that he might have the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon him, 
that as he comes forth, he will be endowed with that power and authority to lead God's people out from bondage and from fear and from destruction on an end time exodus that will be responsible for preaching the doctrine of Christ to the ends of the earth and the gathering out of Israel from the four corners of the earth and establishing new Jerusalem with Enoch and the return of his city and making those final preparations for Christ returning in his glory to the earth and beginning his millennial reign in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.